This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Good Thursday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. All proudly brought to you by BetMGM. It's Gil Alexander. It's Brian Ortega, ladies and gentlemen, in for Wyatt Tomchek, who's in for Kelly Bidlin, producer number nine. How you doing, man? Doing good. Uh, third man off the off the bench. I like it. No, but it's, what's great about having you in here uh, is that you have a podcast of your own called Concierge Confidential. I don't know if you're familiar with that's the title of it. Thank you. You're that welcome. Is, that's it. Um, and so a little later on, we're going to have you discuss... The Oscar odds that are already out for next year. Not not picks, but your your current thoughts, how you stack them up. That's right. Yeah, very okay. excited about it. I have been thinking about this all week. Okay. All right. And also, uh, hardest restaurants to get into in Vegas. We'll do that with you as well. Brian I've also Ortega. been thinking about that since last night. So. <laughs> Brian Ortega, ladies and gentlemen. Looking forward to that. Uh, it's Thursday. That means an hour of the Crack Man Unscripted with Bill Krakenberger coming up. Paul Sporer, who wasn't able to join us uh, earlier in the week, will talk baseball with Spore. Get some uh, thoughts from him on yes, no to make the playoffs and other baseball matters as well. Uh, and uh, the guide is out today. The NFL betting guide here at VEASAN is out today. We got Steve Mackinnon joining us uh, to discuss some of the picks that he had in the betting guide and really some of the uh, some of the articles really will focus on. He did a sort of deep dive into rookie coaches, how they've performed. We'll uh, bend Steve's ear about that. Uh, I want to mention something about the betting guide because we've actually laid eyes on it now. It is real. So I just want to get there. There's a grid at the beginning that we all do. There's 20 of us who give our picks for each division, um, each uh, conference that we feel the champions will be, and, of course, the Super Bowl champions. So that's what? That's quick math. 340 different picks in a grid. And it includes not just your standard VEASAN host, but it's got Brent Musburger in there, Mike Golick Sr., Mike Golick Jr. So there's 20 of us. Um, I don't want to give away everything because I want people to get the guide, but we'll just – take that grid at a glance here momentarily first though and this has not as much to do with sports betting as it just does have to do with sports but i am a baseball geek at heart and domingo herman with the 24th perfect game in the history of major league baseball last night the yankees beat the oakland athletics 11 to nothing i'm not sure if we'll look back on these uh when we when we go back when we're older men and look back at perfect games in MLB history, I'm not sure if we'll look at this one and and see an asterisk because it's against the uh, 2023 Oakland Athletics. But last I checked, the Athletics are still in Major League Baseball, so it counts. And Domingo Herman becomes not only the uh, 24th pitcher to ever throw a perfect game, but 
He becomes the fourth Yankee to do so. Um, Don Larson, famously in the World Series in 1956. David Cohn, David Wells, and now Domingo Herman. Don, David, David, and Domingo. So the fourth in Yankee history to throw a twenty to throw a perfect game and perfect games really, when you look back on them, you kind of remember each and every one of them, like just at least the names of the players who did so, and that's sort of unlike unlike no hitters because no hitters. Like I was looking back at the at the no hitters in history. There are over three hundred no hitters in the history of baseball. Brian, there's a lot of these where I'm like I I have no recollection of this whatsoever. By the way, do you know that Chris Heston threw one for the Giants in 2015? Like, if you're not a Giants fan, I don't know how you would even process, like, who? Who did? Um, and there's so many of those through the years. If You know, the, the one betting tie I would like to make is way before there was legalized sports betting. I remember, so I, I did back a no-hitter. I didn't have it predicted as a no-hitter. But I backed Hisashi Iwakuma in 2015 for the Seattle Mariners when he pitched uh, a no-hitter against the Orioles. And I remember thinking when I won that bet, there really should be a boost to that. I didn't use the word boost, but years before these sports folks came up with boosts, you really feel like no hitters, if you back them, or perfect games especially, there should be some artificial boost in there. Obviously, uh, we haven't gotten to that point. Um, but no hitters a dime a dozen by comparison. But you go back in perfect game history, and this is the first one, Domingo Hermans, since... Felix Hernandez threw one in 2012. In fact, the summer of 2012, and you can remember them all, Philip Humber out of nowhere with the Chicago White Sox. That was followed by Matt Cain of the Giants throwing a no-no against the Astros. I remember that because I was at uh, Pink Taco at the Hard Rock. It's the name of a restaurant, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Relax. Um, so that I remember taking it in there. And then it was Felix, Felix Hernandez, who, if ever anybody deserved a cherry on top to a glorious career with a perfect game, it was Felix. So there were three perfect games in the summer of 2012. And then before that, really, we all remember that. The late, great Roy Halladay in 2010. Dallas Braden's unbelievable perfect game in 2010 with the Athletics. Mark Burley in 2009. I remember the Mark Burley one. Who was the center fielder that made the unbelievable catch in center for the 27th out? That was an unbelievable uh, finish to a, to a perfect game. Randy Johnson in 2004. David Cohn and David Wells, as we mentioned. 99-98, Kenny Rogers, El Presidente, Denny Martinez in 91, and then even when we were kids, like Tom Browning in 88 for the Reds, Mike Witt in 84, and, and Len Barker, this is as far back as I remember, that, the no-hitters, excuse me, the perfect games before Len Barker did in 81 were all before any of us were even born, like 13 years prior to that. So, And the Len Barker one, I even remember at the time, like dark footage, but perfect games are perfect games, and congratulations to uh, Domingo Herman. congratulations to anybody who had the Yankees yesterday against the A's. Um, first player in MLB history to throw a perfect game after allowing double-digit runs in his previous start. Well, he allowed 10 runs in his previous start, eight earned. You know how many earned runs he allowed in the previous start before that? Seven. 15 earned runs in his last two starts, and he comes out with not only a no-no, but a perfect game. It's amazing. Baseball. Like, any night you watch it, something something amazing will happen. And by the way, he got stronger. Stronger and stronger. If you blinked, you missed the ninth inning. It was six pitches. It was easy peasy as far as perfect games go. 99 pitches uh, for Domingo Herman, a guy who, again, even before, even before the eight earned runs and the seven earned runs game, was suspended uh, half a season for uh, domestic abuse uh, in the past. And this year, 10 games for uh, having, a, having a sticky substance 
you know, on the baseball. And I just want to get the quote right. This is the last I'll say about it. But the, the crew chief that night, I believe it was against Toronto. Yeah, it was at Toronto. James Hoy said Herman had, quote, the stickiest hand I've ever felt. So there's that. Really, you don't need to bring your personal life into it, James Hoy. But, you know. Anyway, congratulations to Miguel Herman. Baseball history. Uh, about the, uh, oh, let me get my bets in that I made last night before we talk about the grid here. Real quick, I, I did bet the Spencer Strider and El Cy Young play. If you were here yesterday, I gave a sort of uh, long-winded speech as to why I thought Strider was the value. I mentioned it was plus 750 at DraftKings. I actually got 8-1 to one at BetMGM here yesterday. Strider, um, who has a 2.91 XFIP, leads all candidates in the National League, 9-2 and two record, 38.9% K rate, which leads all the National League candidates, 206 batting average against, 1.11 whip. Those don't lead the candidates, but they're right behind the leader. I think that represents tremendous value. Tom Tango does not agree with his point system. He has Marcus Stroman as the best value right now. And then uh, Wimbledon, just to, uh, the, the draw is tomorrow at Wimbledon. I mentioned I already had an Igas Fiatek play at 4-1 to one from a while ago. You could have gotten her right up to 4-1 to one this week. She's a little lower than that now as she's performing well this week on grass. I also have a Sviatek Djokovic, uh, Kinyella, if you will, a little parlay to win uh, Wimbledon at plus 550. And I just added because, you know, this isn't Iga's surface. So just in case, a Petrik Vitova, Novak Djokovic parlay at 13 to 1 for them to win their respective sides of the Wimbledon bracket. This is all pre-draw. The draw comes out, of course, tomorrow. So just want to reiterate some of the bets. We'll probably have more after the draw tomorrow. Drew Dinsick and I will do a Beating the Book podcast on Wimbledon tomorrow after this show. And for those who missed it, the Q2 Derivatives Show MLB on the Beating the Book podcast feed right now. As far as the guide is concerned, and we're going to get to Steve Mackin in here momentarily to talk about our NFL betting guide. But I mentioned, so there's this grid at the beginning, 20 of us, including Brent Musburger, including Mike Golick Sr. and Jr., uh, who made all of our picks, divisions, three wild cards per conference, plus the two conference championships and the Super Bowl. So that's a total of 340 picks. And without giving away everything... Brian, I just sort of like took a glance at it. Only one division had all 20 pick the same team. Only one division had all 20 pick the same team. Any guesses? Any guesses? AFC, uh, a- Chiefs. A- Chiefs. <laughs> AFC West, Chiefs, right. No problem there. Not giving away too much with that. That was the only one, though. Every other division had more than uh, one pick for, for throughout the 20 uh, people selecting. The number of divisions where all four teams were picked within the group of 20. Number of divisions where all four teams in a division were picked within the 20 pool, uh, picking pool of of, uh, experts, if you will. That number of divisions is zero. There was no division where all four teams were selected by the group of 20. Um, so we're talking about 340 different picks between division winners, wild cards, conference champions, and the Super Bowl champion. 340. Three teams were mentioned just one time. Three teams were mentioned just one time. So again, if you had advanced past the division and the wild card and someone picked him for conference and the Super Bowl, I get it. You could have been, one team could have been picked more than once that way. But I'm just saying they were only listed once. Should I give away all three teams, or should we just guess one of them? Let's see if you can guess. I'll give you three guesses. As many as you can guess, we'll give away. The Miami Dolphins. Uh, they were not one of the teams that were mentioned just once. Oh. You get two more guesses. I would say the Broncos. Yes. The Broncos were one of them. You get one more guess. Last guess, I would say the 
Nobody in the NFC North because that would be multiple people. Don't go qualifying. Just oh. make a pick. Oh, my goodness. Ah, um, let's go with the Bears. Incorrect. So the Broncos were one of the three that were just mentioned. So one person had the Broncos in one of their uh, in their picks. Uh, how many teams out of the 32 NFL teams were not at all in the grid? Exactly one quarter of the league. Eight teams were not picked at all for anything postseason-wise. We'll see how many of those eight end up in the postseason for egg on our collective face. Uh, three different teams picked by the 20 to win the AFC championship. Just three to win the conference. In the NFC, four different teams picked among the 20 to win the NFC championship. And how many teams were picked to win the Super Bowl? How many different teams? Four different teams. That's just the grid that starts the guide. Then it's a whole bunch of stuff, including some great stuff from Steve Mackinan, including a uh, season win total, analyzing betting trends for NFL teams with new head coaches, and wins and losses from 2022 to predict 2023. He's next. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Calshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album, Will or Won't It Be Album of the Year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to calshi.com slash numbers game spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at calshi.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Won't take you but a few seconds. Then you stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. That won't take you but a few minutes. Then, bam, you start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. It's that simple. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We get tweets at beating the book. Always appreciate the feedback on the show. The show is all about you and it's better for all the feedback, that's for sure. Uh, Ian McDonald, Dwayne Wise was the kid for the Sox. That's exactly right. Thank you, Ian. Uh, I was mentioning Mark Burley's perfect game back in the day. The 27th out was this unbelievable catch by Wise in center field. Thank you for that, Ian. Dwayne Wise, that's exactly who it was. Stephen Vegas, 2010 perfect game. Armando Galarraga should be added to the list. Oh, yes. Amen. Everyone knew it was a perfect game except Jim Joyce, 
who went all Ray Charles, he says, at the end of that game. Uh, that was before replay. Galarraga handled it so beautifully. Uh, Joyce, who knew he blew the call after seeing the replay, uh, wept. Galarraga could not have been more gracious. Literally took the perfect game away from him. And uh, it actually became a sort of beautiful moment uh, between the two of those. And then Elvis Toast Patterson, uh, Gilly here in Vegas, here in uh, Pennsylvania, we could get Carlos Alcaraz at plus 375 to win Wimbledon. Would he be that big of a dog if he ends up facing Joker in the final? He would not be that big of a dog if he ends up facing Joker in the final. He'll be a dog, but not that big of a dog. Uh, let us bring in a gentleman who has never been on this show before. That is my shortcoming, not his. Uh, big contributor to all things uh, written here at the Vegas Stats and Information Network and specifically to our NFL football betting guy that is out today. He did his thing as well. Steve Mackinnon joins us. How you doing, Steve? Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. So you you did multiple things here in this. One of them is a season win total bet, and then you uh, you wrote a couple pieces. Can we can we get the season win total bet? You're responsible for one in there, correct? Uh, I how many did they put in there for me? I'm not actually positive at this moment. I know I like I, my Saints is uh, Saints play is my favorite. I believe Saints play is your favorite. You're going over or under on the Saints? I'm going over. I, I love what they're bringing to the table here with uh, Carr. Typically, veteran quarterbacks coming over, and I wrote about this. Uh, this year, too, uh, veteran quarterbacks coming over from a team where they served eight or more years and did it successfully, they do fairly well that first season, usually uh, winning at least 55% of their games and uh, do very well against the spread as well. All right. You wrote a couple pieces. I want to focus on the first of these two, which is, <clears throat> that's the beauty of this betting guide, which is it's not just picks. It's not just people, uh, you know, giving their bets on season wins and futures and uh you know, divisions and whatnot. It's also some deep analysis. And, and Steve did something called analyzing betting trends for NFL teams with new head coaches. Before you get into the meat of this, what, what was sort of the spark that made you want to write this? Well, I mean, if you think of some of the biggest changes that happen to teams from one season to the other, I don't think you can point to anything bigger than a coaching change. And basically, when you change coaches in the NFL, you're changing a full staff in most cases. So, uh, a lot of things can change. They have a big impact. And from what you'll see in that article that I put together, that it can go both ways. Uh, some coaches hit, some miss. And most miss, is that what you found? Because you have charts in here as well. Yeah, well, what's interesting is uh, I call them retreads and I call them rookies. So uh, for this season, the retreads, you're looking at uh, uh, Carolinas, Reich, and, and uh, Peyton and Denver. Now, retreads really is a big-time hit, hit or miss. Uh, last 25, 12, I've called it a hit. 12, a miss, basically a win improvement or a win decline in that first season. The hits are big. 4.2 wins per season improvement. The misses, 2.6 losses uh, per season more. So uh, you can see it can go both ways. Now, the key thing about the retreads is only two of the last 16 of these that have been hired that first season have gone over 500. So uh, it, it's not exactly what you're looking for for instant improvement to get to the playoff type of level, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, particularly interested in that situation with Peyton. Yeah, Sean Peyton and Frank Reich. Frank Reich, I guess, uh, fit the retread. By the way, the, the term retread always has a bad connotation. But what you're saying is, <laughs> you're, you're not trying to give it a bad connotation. You're just saying these these have been coaches before. Um, so does it induce a bet for you on either uh, Peyton or Reich in any particular way? 
Okay, so here's the interesting thing with, with Peyton. Now, uh, team, when these coaches, these retreads, have uh, picked up teams that have scored less than 18 points per game, so they're bad offensively. They hire a new guy. Now, obviously, when you're bad offensively, you want to hire an offensive mind in most cases, and that's exactly what Denver's done here. When they've scored less than 18 points per game, that team has generally improved dramatically. Seven of the last ten have improved dramatically by 5.1 wins per season. You add five wins to Denver, and they're a playoff team this season. Interesting. And then when it comes to the rookie head coaches, and we're talking about D'Amico Ryan in Houston, Shane Steichen in Indianapolis, Jonathan Gannon in Arizona, two of which, of course, two of whom come from the Philadelphia Eagles staff as they lose both of their coordinators into this season. What were what were your findings on the rookie head coaches? I, I think we might imagine what your findings were, but maybe we'll be surprised. And then, and then how do you feel about these three heading into this season? No, I think you will be surprised, actually. 27 of the last 43 have actually improved their teams that first season. Now, it hasn't been big as a hit of a miss as, as the retreads. You're averaging about 1.74 wins more per season. Now, a lot of times you're getting these rookies that are taking over teams that are bottom of the barrel, so you might go from three to five win uh, type of thing. So uh, improvement doesn't mean they're going to be contenders. Now, we come off a season here where we had two extremely successful head coaches, Brian Dabo, uh, 13 ATS win, wins, a, a playoff win, uh, Kim O'Connell, Minnesota, 13 outright wins. Uh, so... Uh, you can see there are some times where they are very successful. Now, again, we got an, another situation here where the worse the team, the greater the improvement. Teams scoring less than 18 points per game. All nine of the last teams that hired a new rookie head coach improved by 4.9 wins per season. Now, that's going to apply to both Houston and Indianapolis this year with Ryans and Steichen. So, uh, got some room for improvement for Houston and, and Indianapolis if you're looking for any maybe potential sneaky win season win total bet. Would you take a coach of the year flyer on any of those five uh, rookie coaches, both retread and rookie? I actually like the situation with Indianapolis here. I think with Syke and uh, that team was uh, pretty good in, in at midseason defensively. I think the first game or first ten games they had. 20.3 points per game allowed. They got a pretty good offensive line. They obviously got a very good running back. And I like what Gardner Minshew can bring to a team, assuming he's going to be the full season quarterback. I think they got a chance in that division to uh, to get kind of back into contention for uh, possibly winning it. All right, Shane Steichen about 25 to one. At least that's the number of DraftKings. Uh, Sean Payton of the uh, coaches we're talking about nine to one in Denver. Frank Reich 22 to one. D'Amico Ryan 22 to one. And Jonathan Gannon at 35-1 to 1 for Coach of the Year. Uh, you also wrote about using last year's wins and losses to predict this year's. I'll let people buy the uh, guide or get into the guide for that because you wrote real in-depth on all these subjects. One of the things that I did want to in our last two minutes here, Steve, though, is you know for those who are new, new-ish listeners to not only this show but to the network, you know we're always talking about power ratings. And we sort of throw that around, you know, football, baseball, basketball, whatever the sport – handicappers use their own power ratings. You provide yours. Can you give us the sort of elevator pitch on, on how you compile yours? Okay, well, I guess from an elevator pitch standpoint, I, I, it's different off-season as it is in-season. So if I'm maybe creating a baseline set of power ratings for the season, I'll, I'll take what I saw last year and then analyze like everybody else does, the free agent moves, who they gain, who they lose, any coaching changes, that type of thing. And I'll set up, if you want to call it, an average team. Now, for, to me, that number is 24 on my scale. So 
I'll look at uh, also at the major media um, places of, of where they deem the teams to be, where the betting markets are, are looking at them. And I, I kind of put it all together, and I'll set up what I would refer to my as my beginning of year rating. Now, once I get into the season, I start using the actual results of games and the actual statistics, and I call them effective statistics, which take into account uh, opponent uh, strength that they faced, uh, any type of injury adjustments I had to make to certain games. So uh, I'll do that, and I'll create statistical ratings and an overall power rating. And I actually publish all all of my different ratings that I offer on Beeson uh, every week for uh, the entire season. Ooh, Cardinals at the at the bottom of your ratings at 17.5. Have you ever had a rating that low before? Yes? Yes. In fact, I, I would say uh, 17.5 is a typical low mark for the worst team in the NFL to start a season. Now, you don't want to go too low on some of these because these teams are coming in with fresh slates. Uh, obviously, things were pretty bad for Arizona last year. They got a new coach, and it's not looking very optimistic. But you just never know what can happen over the course of the season or, or, or in the beginning of the season with that fresh slate. These are professional athletes. You yeah. don't want to go too much. So uh, 17.5 is typically low. Appreciate it so much, man. Great to have you on. Thank you. Thank you, Gil. Steve, Ma- Steve Mackinen, everybody, at Steve, M-A-K-I-N-E-N, on the Twitter machine. The B- the uh, VEASAN Pro Football Betting Guide available at vison.com slash subscribe. Brian Ortega on the Oscars next. A numbers game on VEASAN, the sports betting network. It's always football season here at VEASAN, which is why we've just released our NFL betting guide. Our NFL betting guide to help you get ahead of the upcoming NFL season with in-depth profiles of every team, including advanced stats, proven betting systems, and proprietary betting trends, plus best bets on season win totals, futures, and props. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and get your newly released NFL betting guide. Or take advantage of our summer kickoff special and get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl. Through the Super Bowl. For only $175. Sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe. The Super Bowl? Man, that's about, what is that, eight months from now? Something right, like around, right around the corner. Yeah, <laughs> right around the corner. You get all that, eight months worth, whatever it is, for $175. Uh, it's Gil Alexander. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the voice of Brian Ortega. Brian Ortega in for Wyatt Tomchek, who was in for uh, Kelly Bidlin for most of the week. Kelly with the uh, well-deserved vacation. Again, has anybody checked on Kelly? She really. I, I saw him tweet last night. Oh, he's, he's alive. Okay, all right. Maybe we're going to try to get him in here tomorrow. <laughs> Ruin his vacation. Be like, hey, you got anything to say? <laughs> say for yourself. Um, so, Brian, the beauty of having Brian here is Brian hosts a podcast called Concierge Confidential. How many times you put that out? Like, what, what's uh, the rate on I that? usually have two a week. So, this oh. week I skipped one because it was kind of a busy week because I was doing a couple shows for VEASAN. So, um, I'm also getting ready to go see Adele with my mom this weekend. So Nice. Very excited. Hello, so. Mrs. Ortega. Yeah, she's she's very excited. My dad also did mention that uh, he liked my shirt because he bought it, so that was nice. So. Very very nice. Thanks, Dad. Okay, so the Oscars actually like there's never been odds on the Oscars out this early. No, it's unprecedented. I'm so excited. Okay, so you have you, you haven't seen all these, but you have thoughts on this. So right now, the early Academy Awards uh, odds are out for how many, five different movies, or does it extend further than that? Oh, no, they have, like, maybe, they have all the way up to 101, which is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which is not getting nominated, (laughs) but they have maybe, like, 30 movies on here, but I I didn't want to do that much work. All right, well, do your thing on the five that you wanted to talk about. All right, so the five that I have listed, we could throw them up now. Um, These are my power rankings. This is not the list 
of uh, in the in in order at this point. So right now I have Killers of the Flower Moon ranked number one. That's a Martin Scorsese film. It also has Leonardo DiCaprio in it. It does talk about like the Native American nation. It's approved by them. It's a whole a whole thing. It's also Scorsese has been working on it for two years. It was basically pushed back to this year, uh, which I think is you know gonna help it a little bit because it doesn't have to go up against uh, everything everywhere like it did last year. And right now it's at plus 170, plus 275, which I believe that's the correct spot. I think it should be number one because it has the pedigree of an Oscar movie. Then, if that, uh, if, let me just ask you: Is that the is that the actual short shot currently? It is. Yes, plus 275 is. is the shortest shot we have. And instead of it being Martin Scorsese, if that's Martin Moskowitz, is that definitely the short shot, no, or um, is it just because it's Scorsese? I mean, if if Leonardo DiCaprio was in it, maybe. Okay. Uh, but no, it, ha- it also has Jesse Plemons, which is a very popular pick for the Academy Awards. They they want him to win an Oscar, Jesse Plemons, who I believe is the lead for this. And uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is actually going to be like in a supporting role, which I think is actually suits him better at this point in his career, which he can still open movies, but I think it gives him more um, more freedom to sort of roam in terms of being, you know, of the screen. So I think that's good for him. But also there's like a million other ca- people that are going to be in Killers of the Flower Moon. So uh, it should be number one. I think it's in the right spot. In the second spot, I do have this uh, Past Lives, which is an A24 film, which hasn't been released, but everybody's talking about it. All the critics are saying it's the best movie of the year. And the thing is that's working against Past Lives, it's not a – it doesn't have a lot of big stars in it in terms of, like, the American audience. And um, – I, we're talking about this in the break, that this the big reason that I have this rank so high is that it is a A24 film, which A24 has become the new uh, Weinstein company, which if you know anything about the Oscars, the Weinstein company uh, is basically they would make movies to make Oscars. They didn't make movies to make money. They made movies to make Oscars. Minus the off-the-field matters. Minus the off-the-field stuff. So yeah. obviously that company no longer exists, of course. But uh, Past Lives... A lot of odds moving on that right at the beginning. So these came out probably maybe two, three weeks ago. It was at 10 to 1. It's now been two or three weeks. This movement hasn't even been out yet. I think it's actually coming out, I think, this week. Uh, it actually is going wide release, and it's already moved up to 7 to 1. What's so, it about? Uh, it's basically uh, like a romance based uh, over like time. So these people met in, in Asia, I believe Japan or South Korea. One of them moved to America. They went on living their lives, and then they met up with each other, and we have a love story. So it's a love story drama, essentially. Uh, but well, give an example of an A twenty four movie. So an A twenty four A twenty four is basically a company that funds a lot of independent films. So they're really in charge of making non IP driven intellectual property IP driven films. So they make movies for filmmakers, essentially, or film buffs. Uh, really not big, wide appeal for a lot of people. But, but give an example of one that was in uh, uh, Well, a good example is uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which won the Academy Award mm-hmm. last year. So Brian, I deal. hated that movie. Like, yeah, I honestly, can my, I... It can wasn't I, my favorite either. I didn't think I saw that movie until I was reminded by my girlfriend. She goes, yes, you did. You fell asleep on it. I was like, oh, I hated that movie. Oh, yeah. I, I totally see it. It's I, I, I obviously, I didn't really enjoy that movie either. But I understood where it stood in the Academy Awards race, which it ended up okay. winning. So, All right. anyway, so past lives in the second spot. Number three, so excited. Oppenheimer coming out July 21st. I got my ticket. I spent 40 minutes figuring out if I want to watch this in IMAX or 70 millimeter, like it's supposed to. I watching it in IMAX because I'll probably go back and watch it in 70 mil. This is a big, big month. We're gonna have uh, in July, so we're gonna have uh, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning coming out. The week right before Oppenheimer and Barbie come out, which are going up head to head, the two <laughs> key movies for this week, uh, for that uh, month, are coming out. But on the uh, Venn- Barbie's really far on the board. On the Venn diagram, you're the one person that will go watch both. 
Uh, if I could, I would go. I, I'm really thinking about going and seeing Barbie at three o'clock, and then going to see Oppenheimer at five. That's uh, five hours of movies with no break in between. So go see Barbie second. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, anyways, but yeah, Barbie's actually on the list, but much further down. So anyways, uh, so Oppenheimer, my boy, uh, what's his name? Uh, Christopher Nolan. Almost forgot his name. Um, he's making a film about the development of the atomic bomb. Uh, this movie, I think, is just going to be put in just in the basis of. It's had a lot of hype, good marketing. I did check the theater. It is pretty full for the theater, which is good. But also, he is a prestige filmmaker. He is what people aspire to be in terms of making films at a high, a high budget with, um, with basically his style. So he's making this for Universal uh, Pictures. So six, this is seven six to, to one. one. So, Oppenheimer, six to one. Or six to one, I apologize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's in a good spot. If it does really, really well... I think this definitely can get into the like three to one, four to one range, but we have a long time before we get to the Oscars, so this may move. But I think it's not a bad spot to buy Oppenheimer at plus six hundred. Uh, sorry, six to one. Uh, but I would, I, I like Oppenheimer at six to one at this point because it can only go down. It yeah, can only go down. Because how would you describe this market? Like, if if you feel it's going to go, like it's a pretty volatile market, right? Between now and the Oscars, it's going to go every which way. One hundred percent. It always happens. Um, I think movies. Uh, for for the Oscar season was typically between August and December. That's usually when the big movies came out, the ones that were pushing for uh, winning an Academy Award. I think it's more important now to come out a little earlier in the year because we get a little bit more runtime with these movies, like Everything Ever All at Once did that came out in March of like last year of 2022, and you get that runtime. And then it's really important to get it out. I think this is like the new age of this, getting it out on streaming so people can start watching it at home because some people don't go to the movies anymore. So it needs to get out there to get public recognition and get really the, the train behind it to get pushing is getting it out on the streaming services. So Oppenheimer's number three at this point. What else do I have on my list here? You got so I have- Maestro? Yeah, Maestro, which is going to be a uh, Bradley Cooper film. Uh, this is actually about Leonard Bernstein. This is about about his life. Uh, I think it's really good it came out this year, not last year, because it would have had to go up against Tar, which is also a classical was a classical movie, uh, classical music film. But uh, right now it's nine to one. I think it's in a good spot. Not a lot's come out about this film. Just you know, Bradley Cooper does wear a lot of makeup because he goes through sort of the different eras of Leonard Bernstein. And again, it's one of those sort of actor pieces who also is directing the film, and he has a good track record with the Academy as well. So Maestro at number four, and then also number five. This is like more of like a um, sort of sort of just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of down the road. I haven't heard a lot about this movie, but it's called Lee. I did a little bit of, little bit of research on it. It's actually about a woman who was a model for Vogue during World War II and then became oh, a wow. ph- ph- photographer for, the I believe, the British, uh, the British Army. So... Uh, her basically an uh, army photographer through World War II. And this has the reason I'm putting it in here. It was short shot, 10 to 1, not short shot, but it's a shorter shot, 10 to 1. And it has Kate Winslet in it, which Kate Winslet is a Academy Award all-star. So <laughs> I just put it there. So, so really, I would look at the top three at this point if you're going to put any money on it uh, at this point. But once we get closer to like October, November, then I'll start looking at uh, okay. things that are a little bit further. Long so, shots. Killers of the Flower Moon, Past Lives, and Oppenheimer, yeah. meaning the three ones you're talking about, Maestro and Lee, 
uh, the fourth and fifth. Are are these the five shortest shots? Just to clarify, uh, this is a, a mixture of that. There's a one okay. called Blitz, which is actually also about World War II okay. and the London Blitz. These uh, are these are your value plays, in other yeah, words. Yeah, these are my value plays. So I'm just really going off of Kate Winslet for Lee, but I would start at the number three right now. If I had to pick one for value, I would go with Past Lives, just because of A24's history with the Oscars. Past Lives at seven to one. Yeah, this is like your. your you're handicapping the voters, right? Just like we do in awards markets and sports. I know. Yeah, exactly. Just how I told you before yeah. the show started, you have yeah. to handicap. This is a really good way to handicap just how you handicap like the NL Cy Young, AL Cy Young, any of the awards markets. You're really betting on the voters, not the player. All right. We'll do the restaurants when Crack is here because I'm sure he'll have something to say about the hardest restaurants to get into here in, uh, here in Las Vegas. Good on DraftKings for having Oscars odds up already in June. It's tremendous. Paul Spore on baseball. His thoughts on some yes and no's to make the playoffs. And we have a listener question for him as well. Coming up, Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Calshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album. Will or won't it be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to Calshi.com slash numbers game spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Calshi.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what yeah. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Place the same game parlay wager with at least four legs on any MLB game, and if all legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to $25. Only at BetMGM, the best place to bet on baseball. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions, 21 and over or older to wager. New and existing customer offer, all promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion not available in D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, and New York. Skill Alexander, we get tweets at beating the book. Uh, always appreciate it. Logic 3227. Thoughts on your taco holders, six and a half season win total. Uh, he is referring to the uh, Washington Commodes and their taco holder logo. I said on when I did the NFC East preview a few days ago when we we're pro, uh, promoting the guide, I said I'd lean over on Washington at over six and a half plus 100. I gave the reasons why. It's not a bet for me, though, but I would lean over on that. Uh, the bets for me in that division were uh, the Eagles to win it win the NFC East, become the first back-to-back NFC East champ in over 20 years, uh, minus 125, 
I like the Cowboys under, but I'd wait till after game four to bet it in season. The ones I like the best, Giants under, alternate season win totals under at five and a half at plus 270. Giants fans, I feel your hate already. Buddhist man, a quick summation of today's first segment. Quote, I was sitting at Pink Taco that night. <laughs> and, and another quote, afterwards, James Joyce said he had the stickiest hands he'd ever seen or said he had held the stickiest hands he'd ever Oh, that's quite a segment. You're you're absolutely right. Screaming A. Smith. Gil can't wait to get home and pre-book his movie tickets after that segment right there. Uh, Commish. Pick five. Commish. June 3rd, 1995. People love uh, baseball. Perfect game history. Uh, This was another near miss and really a miss only on a technicality. June 3rd, 1995. Pedro Martinez goes 27 up and 27 down for the Expos over the Padres, but does not get credited with a perfect game because the Expos can't get him a run. Gives up a double to the immortal Bip Roberts in the 10th. Brutal. Should be recognized as a perfecto by Major League Baseball. Thank you for that, Kamish. Absolutely. We talked about the the Galarraga one earlier. How so, oh, the, the close ones. You just feel for these guys. In the case of Galarraga, how it was just taken from him. Paul Sporer, a baseball historian himself. Uh, he writes at Fangraphs, of course. Sleeper in the Bust podcast. Works at so many different baseball outlets through the years. Was the author of the the most awesome starting pitcher's guide back in the day as well. He joins us from his lair somewhere in Austin, Texas. How you doing, man? I'm well, Gil. How are you? Good. Does a, does a perfect game still move the needle for you? I mean, that's that for is sure. special, right? For sure, for sure. It, it it really is. You know, gonna be a little bit of the wet blanket though. It is tough to root for a guy with a, with a, with a DV charge, like, uh, like Domingo had, but the, the event itself definitely moves in a perfect game for sure. A no hitter, a no hitter still gets me going on the night of, right? Like that's still a cool event and that's, that's fun to enjoy. And I don't love the whole, Oh, it's Oakland. It doesn't count. Cause if that were the case, why don't we see 15 no hitters uh, and six perfect games a year, yeah. you know? Yeah, I was going through the like no hitter history. There's been like 330 plus or something like that. Three over 300 yeah. no hitters. I don't remember lots of them. Like some of the names, For I'm sure. like, really? What? Perfect games. I remember Let's, each and every one of them. Like you remember the perfect games. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. The perfectos are definitely on another level. No hitters are more fleeting. You remember them in the moment, but unless they have like 15 plus Ks, you're not really remembering or some great plays to go with them. But perfectos, like you said, Philip Umbers, I still remember. Of course, Felix right. is. He's He's a God. You remember that, but like, um, they are still special without a doubt. Perfect games. They're incredible. And again, just because it was a bad team, it really doesn't take anything from it for me because it's not like Oakland's been perfected four times this year. Absolutely. By the way, we have a, uh, we have a listener question. Would you accept a I, listener question? Ian McDonald had uh, asked me this the other day. I said, I'll ask you. He said, good, good morning, Gil. Have you or any of your baseball guys talked to, done any deeper research on Logan Gilbert this season? If so, was anything interesting uncovered? Because he uh, had heard that he was going to add an off-speed pitch in Seattle, thought that was the thing he needed to have a side type of season, but it hasn't played out that way. Anything for you on Logan Gilbert? Uh, put-away pitches have been better, which is high, you know, uh, strikeouts on, on two-strike counts, like, putting the guy away, of course, because he hasn't really had a fundamental change in like swinging strike rate or arsenal changes. And the strikeout rate is up now. It has bumped back a little bit. So it's really is only like a two, two and a half point gain up to 25%. But that's really all we've been seeing. And still with the impeccable command, the 5% walk rate, uh, he's still doing a lot of good, but I don't think he's fundamentally different than the Logan Gilbert that we're used to. And of course, these last couple games, namely the angels one and the Yankees one uh, have pushed his ERA back 
back up. He was running a, a sparkling ERA before that with the new strikeouts, but instead he's kind of regressed and he is who he is. The left on base rate is weirdly low at 65%. He's a career 72, which is about league average. Uh, so Gilbert probably is owed a little bit of, of good favor there, but you know, it's not, it's not a luckometer. It doesn't just go back to 72 because you wish it to, if he's pitching worse with runners on, you're going to have troubles, but I don't, I don't believe the 65% is real. I do think Gilbert's better than a 419 ERA. I think he's a mid three ZRA with a wonderful whip because he doesn't walk anybody. He fills the zone, which can leave him a little bit susceptible to homers at times too. That is a very thorough analysis. There you go, Ian McDonald from Paul Sport. By the way, the four things more rare than a perfect game in baseball. Any idea? Mm-hmm. Want me to list them? I was going to roast myself, but it's too early in the morning to make that kind of joke. Go ahead, Gil. <laughs> Unassisted triple play. Oh, yeah. Stealing home. Wow. Wouldn't have expected Wait, that. Wait, really? Yeah, I don't. That, that, that doesn't make sense to me. Interesting. Stealing home in like the modern era, because I feel like it happened all the time. I do too. But I don't know. I wasn't around back. I'm old, but not that old. Uh, The four homer game, I would have absolutely. Yeah. That would have been the one that I would have picked. And then the most, and then the triple crown, right? The triple crown is is a real feat as well. And. You know, the four homer, definitely remember those two hard hitting Mark Witten, hard hitting Mark Witten, Mike Cameron, um, JD Martinez in that electric run with Arizona that he had. I think Josh Hamilton had one. Those are just a few off the top of my head, but you remember the four homer games. Those are special. Carlos Delgado had one, which he got him. Yeah, he got him. Uh, I sent you uh, this morning. I don't know if you saw these, but I sent you some, you uh, some yes nos to make the playoffs at this point. Here we are right at the halfway point of the season. Some uh, teams past the 81 game mark, some right before it. Were there any that stood out to you? Yes or no? You're going to stop inviting me on if I keep talking up the angels, but yes, they're still, they're still plus to make it. And, you know, I roasted myself when I picked them at the outset of the season, but I've been, I haven't been too far off really. You know, they're, they're competitive. They're 44 and 38. They're a ball club that I do still like, you know, I, I, I've mentioned that some of it is kind of wish casting to get Otani and trout into the playoffs. And I just want to see how that goes, but I do think they have a pretty solid lineup. Uh, they've got some good pitching. Otani's of course a God I've never doubted Detmers. And now he's showing his, his full potential do need somebody else to kind of come through though. I really like Patrick Sandoval, but he just puts on way too many base runners. Tyler Anderson's been a flop. Jaime Maria got blasted yesterday, but I do think he's kind of interesting. They need to make some moves, but they're like one of the only teams that looks pretty strong right now. That is plus money on this at plus plus one seventy. So I do still like the angels, even though I think the Rangers are awesome and I can't, I can't come close to burying Houston. I know they're in trouble. Their offense hasn't been as good. They're not as like transcendent, but they're still very good. So it won't be easy for the angels, but at plus one seventy, I, I do still think they're one of the better numbers on the board and DraftKings so shifty, man. They won't bury the Cardinals either. You would think you'd get a better number than plus 600, but I respect that it's there because you, you can't quit this team yet. As bad as they've played, that's right. it would surprise me this much if they made the playoffs. Zero. I, would, I wouldn't even be like, oh my God, wow, what a run. I'd be like, yeah, that's pretty much what I was waiting for. Yeah. I still just cannot get off that Cardinals team. And I don't think plus 600 is good enough uh, to really take, though, even though I do think they have a lot of opportunity. I wish we were getting a better number. The books are sharp. That's why they keep building the books in the casinos. DFS, what do you got today? What do you like? Yo, I didn't go hard on DFS. I'm oh, sorry. I okay, was, that's I all right. Was unprepared today. I have, on, on I have DFS, a, if I'm I have a with you. better question than that. That's more betting uh, focused. Trade deadline okay. is one month away. Hard to believe. Exactly yes. one month. August first. Uh, one month in a day. Um, give me an idea of who you think 
And again, the, the thing about this that's tough about this question is sometimes it comes down to the week right before it, right? So it's a hundred percent. Yeah. So it's like a, it's a hard question to answer now. But if we, if I got we, one for you though. Okay, please. Yes, to the good or bad, buy or sell. Go back to my angels. <laughs> okay. The guy pitching against them today should be on their ball club, Lance Lynn. Oh wow. Okay. They need more power pitching. Um, I, I want to get some guys in there that can miss some bats. Whether you're talking Lynn, Giolito, Cease. I think they need to be looking there. Also, the Reds. The Reds should not go out and make crazy moves. Don't go trading Noel V. Marte, Edwin Arroyo, any of the other guys who haven't been called up. You go get Lance Lynn on a rental, that's not going to cost you a lot. They still have pieces they could trade there. So I think the Reds are also a great fit for Lynn because they too need swing and miss guys because in that ballpark, you cannot have finesse guys in, in Great American Small Park. They need pitching. Green and Lodolo out until August. If they want to have any chance of turning this into a special season, they got to get pitching. I think they need to get on the horn with the White Sox. So the White Sox could be the team for the Angels and the Reds to get a pitcher. White Sox are going to be the big seller, you think? They they, they probably should be. I mean, uh, it's just not working. You got to ship out some of these parts. It's not a full teardown, but I think you move on some parts and you kind of start turning over a new leaf there in Chicago. Yeah, it really does sometimes come down to that last weekend. Baseball deadline day has become awesome. Can't wait for that. It really that. has. Paul, appreciate it, man. Great seeing you. Thanks, Gil. Take care. Paul Spore, everybody. Crackman, Bill Krakenberger, unscripted next. Numbers game, Visa, the Sports Betting Network. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album, Will or Won't It Be Album of the Year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to Kalshi.com slash numbers game spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.